2: Hello and welcome to Short Tales. For today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by my sweetheart of a friend, Tom Reed. Welcome, Tom.
3: Ah, oh, that's you're a sweetheart of a friend too. Stop it! It's just two good buds hanging
2: out, two good buds having a good chat. I said
3: that before we started. I was like, I love listening to you and Sean talk. Yeah. It's just nice to hang out and chat. Yeah, it's, it's good. We we do hang out outside of podcast. <laughs> yeah, just should want be to no clarify, yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah, the only yeah. like. Oh, we only hang out when there's a microphone in but front
2: that of bloody us. Bloody Sean's always around. Oh my bastard! But no, seriously, thank you for joining me. And yeah, as you said, obviously we we have numerous chats about about writing and story on and off mic. Literally, we were just. Deconstructing Batman about a minute ago <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before we yeah. record. Always, uh, but I'm I'm particularly excited for this one because I think you've actually come up with this this really interesting topic for us to chat about. Where it's sort of like looking at story in a completely new lens. That like I think a lot of writers get so fixated on the writing side of things, and you know, as they should, they're writers, but like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me like one thing that I love about this side of stuff is story and the the power of story and the universality of story, I guess. Absolutely. So all that is a is a big lead up for you to introduce what we're discussing today. So Tom, what are we discussing today?
3: Um we're talking about storytelling in the everyday. So talking about and looking at I guess uh, how I've used stories outside of writing, and how people can tell stories and use stories, and I think, yeah, I think more the oral kind of storytelling. I yeah, think I love is, that. is I guess what our focus will be today, because some of the stuff I am talking about is more about talking in person. And we were we were joking before that you know not everyone is going to be that that great. Well, not everyone starts out that great gifted storyteller right. that you everyone knows. Yeah, but everybody can be like, yeah. You might not have the same, you know. Grappling ability of language that like a Shakespeare had, but you know sure. you can have a crack, yeah. And everyone, everyone can can get there. It's you know where you're not not every person who runs is going to be Usain Bolt, but yep. you can all run hundred meters. Love that you can train yes. to run hundred meters quickly.
2: Yeah, that's it. And like even even in my own works, obviously I teach kids creative writing. Yeah. And you get some kids who come in and they're there because they fucking love writing. Yeah. Like, they love reading. They love writing. Do they you love you bully story. them? Because I would. No, <laughs> oh, mate, don't. don't. Put, it, put it right in their face. No, no, no. Yeah, they get yeah. enough of that at school. Oh, you book nerd. <laughs> you, you got no friends. All
3: your friends are book and your name's uh, Tom Reed.
2: <laughs> I usually just say, welcome. Give them a hug. and be like, yep. you have found your people. <laughs> but then we get some who are like, they don't give us stuff about writing. Like, no mum or dad has decided this would be good for them, or they've just—I don't know—they're just looking for extracurricular stuff. Maybe they just want them to be babysat for an hour. Let's be honest. But the beauty of it is, like, you get them come in and, like, hopefully they know how to write. That's always a great start. That's a good start. But you know, it—it it really, you can like for after a few weeks, you're like, I think I'm starting to crack them a little bit. I think they're getting into this now. You Feels know? good, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's the point we always start with, where it's like, don't give us stuff about spelling. Don't give us stuff about grammar don't even really care if their ideas are any good at all. Yeah. It's more just to give them that confidence in their ideas. So, I will tell them they're great. Yeah. They could give, like, I could say, what do you got for a story? And then, like, first week, they're like, oh, I don't know, nothing. Uh, uh. Yeah. yeah, And then, you know, you're like, all right, well, let's just cram two things together. So, let's say your character's a pirate, but they're on the moon or whatever, you know. <laughs> and then you're like, what happens next? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, come on, you can think of something their boat's in a crater or whatever. You're like, oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you've got to keep going there, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's so great to see that once they start to realize, hey, I can do this. That little
3: piece that like yeah, unlocks man. and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I got you. Yes, like, yeah. Because you remember that moment, I don't know about you, mm. but you remember that moment, I know I do, when you were mm. like, whether are a teenager or a kid, where like someone unlocked you. Like totally. someone found that bit for you, and you're like, "Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. I remember that." Yeah, mine was, I was, I reckon seventeen, which is late, mm-hmm. but it possibly happened earlier. But the thing that I remember that was like, "Oh, this is what I'm going to do." Is I remember doing media studies in U eleven or twelve, and we had yeah. to do this assignment where we had to make a short film. Uh, there was like options we had to make could make a short film, a cool. website, a magazine, do a photography board, something media based. Mm-hmm. And the media studies teacher at the time, who's great great teacher, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Boyle. He basically, I'd written a script for what I wanted to make my film. Yeah. And then I was like, I'd written it and I put it away and then we came back in the next week and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that idea. And mm. I wrote five ideas oh, and awesome. hadn't filmed any of them. Okay. Because I was like, oh, no, I think I've got a better idea. Yeah, yeah. And because I'd been like, I'm going to make movies, I want to be a filmmaker. Yeah. And then when I went to the fifth idea, he's like, well, look, the deadline's running out. So mm. I think just just go with this one. He's like, I don't think you want to be a filmmaker though. I think you <laughs> want to be a writer. I that's was like, very good. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. having that thing of like you've 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 gotten you finished the idea. Yeah. And you've immediately moved on. Yeah. If you want to be a director, you cannot. That's yeah. not how directing works. Yeah, you're my obsessed friend. with that
2: idea and making it Israeli. I also love that it's like a light bulb moment, but yeah. someone else has reached over and switched the light off. Oh, <laughs> uh, the amount of times in
3: my life where that is where someone else has been <laughs> right. like, that's. This? What yeah, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where someone who is like resisting mm. something, and even that thing when you're saying you know you don't care about spelling or grammar or those kind Yeah, of things, yeah. I am one of those obnoxious wankers who's like just make words up man hell yeah grammar sucks
2: <laughs> like yeah. but like it was all made up originally anyway right? fucking that's what willie shakespeare was right? doing willie shakespeare was like what about this word Betwixt. how's that sound it sounds good you know and the masses are like crazy for but it but yeah whoa he put but and twixt what's he gonna drop next <laughs> therefore oh, oh my, my fucking lord Could
3: you imagine that if that was the way it was done that will shakespeare like walked out to the town square and was like they're like oh he's got a new word yeah, today. yeah yeah he's <laughs> just like throwing Words out the
2: uh, bubble. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> I, had, I had money on a double letter. Like. <laughs> yeah But yeah, I, I'm one of those people that's very much and it's a little insufferable where I'm just like people are like, oh, is that the correct way to use? And like mm. in professional context, obviously there is a right way to spell words, and you, there are words that are real words. But like yeah. I'm a big believer that um there are words that don't exist mm. that infuriate me oh that's and great and i'm trying to remember one off the top of my head and mm. i cannot it's one of those ones that it's like oh i believe the word yeah. irregardless should exist right and it doesn't exist and yes. i use it all the time and yeah, Someone's yeah. like, that's not a word i'm like yeah but it but it feels like it should right, be right, right. So just keep using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm very much a, a thing of if that's what gets you in. Yeah, just just have fun with it. Yeah, make words up, play with grammar. Obviously, you you there are rules that you need to follow for various things. Mm, and, mm. You know, I know that we were once. It was a probably a nightmare for you guys that we published a short anthology of horror stories and we shared them. And I submitted mine and. Either you or Sean was like, "Tom, you can't have every sentence on a new line." Yeah, that, that is... was me.
2: I had to edit that one. Yeah, I was like, oh, "I'm sorry," <laughs> but like, it, but it read beautifully because it was like this cross of poetry and prose. Like, it actually, again, yeah, I hadn't seen that before. So, editing it, I'm trying to give it, I'm trying to put it into prose rules. But you're like, no, no, it's not really prose. It's not really poetry. Like, it's somewhere in between. Oh, but I a do banker. like that. I- no, we'll be like. <laughs> That's good. It's like uh, even, you know, saying about the words thing, I remember two things. Obviously, Dr. Seuss, crazy for crazy words. 100 Look at that guy go. So, like, there's a clear example there. But also this writer, this fantasy writer I used to love as a kid, David Eddings. I can't remember what series of books it was. He had, had a number of different sort of series. Is there
3: one about a knife? There's yeah, like a there dagger. was one about a knife. Yes. Like I can see a cover yeah.
2: and it's purple and there's a gem. It's quite... It's
3: a solid book.
2: Yeah, it's like a chunker. If you yeah, yeah, threw yeah. that
3: at a kid, that kid would die. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're like, hey, kid, read this. Hey, <laughs> <"Punk.">
3: <laughs> hey book nerd,
2: catch <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't know if it was in that book or one of his others, but I yeah, remember he had a character who would had the habit of making up words and people say, that's not a word. And the character would say, there's like a little boy character and go, do you, know what I, do you know what I'm trying to say then? They're like, yeah. Well, then it's a word.
3: Yes, yes, Absolutely.
2: Right. How good Absolutely. is that like word after meaning is if it's conveying a meaning, it's doing the job of a word. That's yes. the whole point of words. You know what I
3: mean? If I say to you, I'll do this, irregardless of whatever, you know yeah. exactly what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. The word's regardless, and that exists, but mm. irregardless just sounds sounds like I care less.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know I get it. And like even the way like even dictionaries have to update uh, the meanings of words because yep. they the culture of the word changes. Literally is starting to not mean literally. Like we, we use it too often in other it's, contexts. And one
3: thing that I'm one of those people too that when people are like, um, that's not what it means. It's like, yeah, but you know what they mean. Mm. Like, shut up. Mm. I don't... If you want to use literally figuratively, go for it. Go crazy. I don't... Yeah. Well, if that hey, if that's what gets you there, go nuts, right? You
2: know, but that's it because context obviously plays a part. 100%. So yeah. then, yeah. yeah, there's it's not a, like the word standing alone on its own in a dictionary. There's all this context around it, which is telling you the meaning of the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, for my moment, similar to you, I think it was when I was like, I want to say year ten. I was at the, the senior campus, so I'm going to say year ten. I can't remember my teacher's name, but same as you, was like a teacher who basically sort of. Pushed me a little bit, right? Yep. So, obviously, I was that book nerd getting smacked in the face with a book who had no friends. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> damn. if I'd have been there, I would have been your friend. Oh,
3: thanks, you would have buddy. been like, oh, who's this mouthy idiot? <laughs> who's throwing books at me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> i read this. <laughs> well, I did have like, luckily, I had uh, a duplicate of me as in a, the form of a twin called Jonathan, who was also a book nerd. So, yep. we could at least be book nerds together. Um, but I can, like I say I can't remember the teacher's name, but I was doing English Lit. Uh, that year, and we had to write a story. So, I was big into fantasy books. So, my story was every fantasy story that I'd ever been read. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. I've still got it somewhere on my hard drive. And basically, it was like it's all the fantasy tropes you can imagine. But basically, there was like this. I remember the main thing that I loved was there was this like uh, prophecy of this like love a prophecy demon character coming back to life oh, after all yes. these years. And everyone just took it as like. That is a full... That's like a conspiracy theory. That's nonsense. Blah, blah, blah. And then right at the end, he comes back to life. In fact, he's been our protagonist the whole time. If you spell his name backwards, it's the same as the devil's uh, character. oh <laughs> yeah. you can't. Eat your heart <laughs> exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. And I was so like... I like, I hadn't really written before that creatively. Obviously, I'd done schoolwork and stuff. But then, yeah, her feedback on that, my teachers, was sensational. It was, she was just like so... Crazy positive. I'm like, I've just ripped off the books I love. You know, like I kind of felt guilty. But that's how
3: about it starts. It. Yes, dude that's how yeah. it starts. Like yeah. th- even even like guys making movies and and writers writing mm. novels and comics and all these things is that there's like yeah, I wrote this because I loved X. Yeah, like yeah. I wanted to pay my respect to this filmmaker. Right. Film. Oh, this was my favorite. I loved this era of cinema. So that my movie looks like it's all there. Yes. That's yeah. and that's like part of it is you you love something so you mm. want to share it with other people and.
2: Do your spin on it? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's that what if thing. You take that thing to go. Oh, that, but what if? Yeah, whatever. Cool. That's a whole new story now. Like no one's told that story, or if they have, they haven't. You haven't told that story, so go for it.
3: Yeah, my favorite. This is not technically what we're talking about today. My <laughs> yeah. favorite genre of story is like Fargo, mm. which is one person makes one mistake. It mm. has nothing to do with this guy over here. And then it fucks up like eight people's lives. Yeah. And so yeah. every often when I'm writing something, I go back to the Fargo thing and being like, right. So where's the mistake? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so where's that? Where's the problem come from? Oh, it's this guy over here, like who doesn't know this 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 woman over mm, here mm. or this house here? But because of this and this, now the house is on fire. Yeah. Like that's beautiful. They're the stuff I love. And yeah, that's yeah. thing is you go back to the thing that you love and you you pull it out. And what I love is stories, Damon. There we go. Yeah. We're back.
2: We are done it. All right. Well, let's let's jump into our topic. So. Like you said, sort of that story in the everyday. So, what initially inspired this topic for you?
3: Well, so it's interesting. So, I work at the MCG. Yeah. Uh, my job is I train tour guides. So, mm. I train I, I train volunteers um, both for tours of the ground. We also have a museum, mm. uh, Australian Sports Museum. If you're in Melbourne, you should check it out. Check it out. There you go. Um, Tell me you'll be there. let give my boss, if you listen to this, give me a raise. <laughs> uh, actually, if you listen to this, I might get fired. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, I work at the MCG. It was a job that I got... Um, at a bad point when I had no money mm. and I needed a job, uh, and I just was like, it was just a customer service. I got the job because I talked my way into it. I was applying for so many jobs at this point, mm. where we're obviously uni together. We yeah. I was there for a little bit. Yeah, this is that period in time, so mm-hmm. things were going really good for me, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Again, put it in more context, the day I got the job, two days later, my phone got disconnected. So I was like, this job came at the perfect time. Right. Um, but it was one of those things where, I had been applying for so many jobs, you just stop like reading them. You're just like, yeah, cool. If I get an interview, I can talk my way in. If I get an interview, I'll talk my way in. I go in, I sit down, and I, I don't know what this job is at all. Like, oh, I, I, okay. I, know, I know the name of the job. Right. It's just sort of like a customer service type job. But yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to know. Like, I know what I have to do. Right. I got, I've got the vibe of the job. I can answer all the questions. Great. And then the first question I got was from my, my current boss. And he was like, can you describe the role to us in your own words? And oh, I'm like, no. I can't even describe the role in your words. <laughs> like, I... so I just dug into my bag of things, what I love. Of words. <laughs> thing of words. And I was like, this job is talking. And I bullshitted my way through like a five minute segment yeah. of just being like, I'm a talker. I like to talk. This job is talking. It's talking to people. It's talking to this blah, blah, blah. Right. and other. I, and I got the job, obviously. Yeah. And so that was that part. And since then, I've changed jobs throughout a number of roles. But always, my job has been talking. Yeah. At yeah. some capacity. And so in the last few years, it's been talking with intent. Right. So I'm now, yeah, training tour guides. And so we obviously run these tours of the stadium. We get a lot of visitors coming through, school groups, English tourists, Mm. Indian tourists who love their cricket. Mm -hmm. We get footy fans coming through with the footy. We get just people who are in Melbourne and on a holiday. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we get a whole range of people and it's a really interesting place. There's a lot of stuff to learn. And we've got all these tour guides who are really great at what they do. And one of the reasons I love my job is because they're all volunteers, Mm. you don't have to overcome that hurdle of making them come to work. Because if they didn't want to be there, they don't come. They wouldn't be there. Yeah, 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 and they love it. And they they feel connected to the club and the ground and all that kind of thing. Mm. So... What I sort of did a couple of years ago before COVID was I was like, right, well, my background is writing, mm-hmm. creative writing and screenwriting, and and I like telling stories. So, what can I use from here? Because I've got this degree that right. I'm now paying for because <laughs> government changed the hex threshold, and now I owe the money. Bastard. How can I use my degree? Because like I'm, I'm I was thinking about this maybe six months ago talking mm. about like writing and being a writer yeah. inverted commas. And I was like, I'm a writer in progress. Sometimes I'm writing, sometimes I'm not. There are times when I've like had plays on and done mm, stuff mm. or musicals or I've written short stories and they've done something and then there's times where I'm like, Yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of figuring it out still. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I was like, how can I take that as part of what I do? And mm. I was like, well, effectively what we're doing on these two is we're just telling stories. Yeah. And we're telling stories to different audiences. All right. And we're telling Stories and engaging. and All right, so how can we make the stories educational, engaging, entertaining, interesting, factually accurate, not boring? Mm. How can we use the strengths of the the volunteers and their tour guides? And I was like, right. So I just basically came with a program. It was just like what you're doing with mm. the school kids is teaching a demographic of mostly 70 plus.
2: <laughs> yeah, great. Um,
3: How to tell stories better. Yeah. And how to tell stories to a range of different audiences and how to keep it interesting and how mm. to be engaging and how to, I guess... Take something that is not necessarily what you would view as being like a story mm. in that I'm here to tell you now about the history of a stadium yeah. and about light towers. Yeah,
2: yeah. It could all
3: be facts. It's all facts. Yeah. But it's how to present that. And one of the big things that I've really focused on is a lot of what our tour guides do is they have they have great Memories and knowledge bases Right And I've learned so much From from them mm. But what a lot of them have Is they have the stat Yeah like the, right The stat And I'm They've like They've almost
2: got too much knowledge too,
3: That's it So it's yeah. like How do you filter out all well, the knowledge you've got But then also I'm not interested in the stat The stat's cool Yeah I want to know the story behind the stat. Yes. So why does that stat matter to you? Mm. Why does that stat matter to this? And why is it going to matter to the person you're talking about? Yeah. So, I, so you start there and then you start unpacking and then So from there, it's been the tour guides and now we've been rolling out to museum volunteers. And mm-hmm. um, my plan for Domination, which I've explained <laughs> to my boss, is that I want all these stories... Between all the different offerings we have to like connect and link, oh, and so that would be awesome. you go on a ju- you go on like a, a journey. Yes, through the MCJ. you go to the museum, and you're like,
2: oh yeah, two of us talked about this. Here's a bit more about it, or here's right. this from a different perspective, and here's how it, it's almost that Fargo thing. So hopefully nothing's gone wrong. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It is like, and that's how this thing that seems completely unconnected to this thing. Guess <laughs> what? They're two dots of the same dot to dot. They actually connect. It creates a big picture. Time is a flat circle, demo, And we're yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, fuck so yes. uh, yeah, that's
3: that's my that's my my goal, and I and I. And I love it. And it's ruined my life <laughs> in a good way. Okay. Because now I can't I can not see it. Yeah, like, right. Because yeah. it's, it's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this when you're studying like film and stuff. Hmm. And friends will be like, can you watch shit things? And I'm like, yeah, I absolutely can. Yeah. To a certain degree. Right. It gets hard. Some of the stuff that I watch that I'm like, oh, I mean, I love this, I can't watch anymore. But it makes you appreciate the good stuff. That's more. it, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I appreciate good storytelling Particularly through sport. Like, mm. again, this is all. I'm going to, people are going to listen to this podcast, find me and just give me a wedgie. <laughs> but sport, sport is a story. Everything yes. is a story. Cooking
2: is a story. Yeah. Buying a car is a story.
3: Everything yeah. is a story. You've just got to work out who your audience is and how you're telling it. That's yeah. it,
2: right? Exactly, but like that's profound. (laughs) But like, no, I I couldn't agree more. Like, you look at the biggest entertainment, like sport is entertainment. Yep. You look at any of the big entertainment industries, stories at the root of all of them. Obviously, film and TV, that's a no-brainer. But for sport, yeah, we don't we don't care because this this group of guys kicked more goals than that group of guys. We care because we love these group of guys. We know what they've gone through to get here. Like everything, like it is all the story behind each and every element of each character, each team, each club. Like. All of it, all of it. Like what the friggin' weather was that day, how yeah. this team plays in the yeah. weather. Oh, we know he doesn't like, you know, whatever it is. It's like there's all these details which all make story, which factor into why it's entertaining. And it's yeah. like, it's why you take someone who's not into sport or think they're not into sport, let's say, and drop them into any average game. Yeah, they're not going to have as good a time as someone who's been following it for decades. No. Because they know all the stories. They know the why of it all that you're talking about. Yeah. And that enriches it so much more to make it the, the level of like operatic entertainment that it is.
3: It demo sport is is the the it's the bold and the beautiful. Yes, like it is so that soap yes, opera. Right. Yeah. The emotions are ridiculous. The outfits are absurd. <laughs> yeah. It, but it's also like the, the weirdest fantasy because the lore is so yeah. deep and rich and right. it's there's, cricket there's, is
2: impenetrable if you don't know what's happening. Right. Like, but there is that superhero element too as well, yep.
3: you know? Yeah. It's yeah, I, I love and I love all sporting it's it's looking at it like this, like looking at stories and storytelling and Training these two guys to find mm. these stories in the everyday has actually given me a greater appreciation of not just story, yeah, but actually sport. Right. Like I now will watch sports and be like, Oh, I love this. This guy's just come fifth, right? Yeah. He's come fifth <laughs> yeah. at the Winter Olympics. He's never seen the snow. Oh my god, I love this. I love this strange man from Egypt who's yeah. never seen the snow and he's cut like everyone is Eddie of the eagle to me now. Yeah, like okay. it's so oh, that's good. powerful.
2: <laughs> oh
3: my god. But like, yeah, and to, I guess, get really into it, the mm. example that I, I I have used and all the examples that I, I use are always like, all right, here's a stat. So for an example, mm. one of the things we talk about, obviously, on the tour is the great Sir Donald Bradman. So mm-hmm. if you don't know much about cricket, he's one of the best cricketers to ever play, if yep. not the best cricketer to ever play the game. Mm. He's been knighted for cricket. That's yeah. how good he was at cricket. Hurrah. And so a stat that is impenetrable if you don't know what I'm talking about, is Mm. that Donald Brabham, when he retired, had a batting average of 99.95. So that means that the way he batted when he Mm -hmm. played cricket, that on average, he would score 99. Yeah. Which is absurd. So if I say 99.95, you go, I don't understand that. And I'm like, right, put that in a bit of context, which is, you know, we're talking before about making words up. Put that into context. The best current player right now, I think, averages 60. Right. So, and this guy batted in the 40s. Like, he yeah. was playing cricket in the 40s and 50s. So, you're like... 30s and 40s, sorry. So, you're like, okay. So, he's... All right, that's that's the scale there. But that's still just a stat. Mm. The interesting thing about his batting average, Damo, is he needed for... he In his final ever game, he mm. needed four runs. And mm. his average would be 100. For his last ever game, he went out for a duck for zero, first ball. So... That's interesting. Yeah. What's interesting again too is that he needed four runs. The most common shot or score that Mm. Bradman made. So in cricket, you hit the ball, you can score one run, two runs, four runs or six runs Mm. depending on where you're hitting the ball. You can score three runs as well, but that's a bit weird. It doesn't happen a lot. (laughs) The most common shot he played was four. Yeah. Like they were his... He never hit sixes because you can get caught if you hit it in the air. If Mm. you hit it on the ground, I'm going to score a four. So he, he needed four. It was his most common shot. He goes out for a duck, which didn't happen... A lot in his career. Yeah. So that's interesting. But then the story behind that is that everyone knew it was his last ever game. Mm. And when he came out on the ground, the English players actually made a guard of honor for him. Huh. And the story goes, and again, don't know if this is true or not, but yeah. I don't care. Yeah. The story goes is that he was so overcome. He got quite emotional, emotional. standing at the end of tears in his eyes and just missed the ball. Like, just missed it. Yeah, right. Clean bolt. Oh, my God. So it's this, this great thing of like, all right, we start with... A bunch of numbers mm. and it's the same with anything it's like you start with usain bolt breaking the world record at 2008 right. olympics you got the record it's really fast it's incredible yeah. then there's the great story behind it didn't like any of the food of the olympic village so the only thing he ate there was chicken nuggets from mcdonald's <laughs> yeah great. he won a gold medal he won three gold medals and broke a world record
2: <laughs> after days of eating chicken that's nuggets,
3: it right yeah, so yeah. it's it's all those things it's like you look at a football score whether it's AFL, round ball, rugby, mm. whatever, a sporting score. Yeah. And you go, all right, there's the score. But it's like that doesn't tell you how close it was in the final minute that right. actually this team was winning all day, and then in like the last five minutes these guys went berserk. Oh, well, that doesn't tell you that, you know, this guy went down injured and mm. actually there was some controversial things and like this guy kicked his first ever goal or this this woman kicked her first ever goal or this player here, she's never played in a final. Like you don't get all those little bits until you 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 pull it back. So yeah. that's that's what my Ambition is, and that's what I've been with doing all my all these volunteers. Is I've yep. been getting them to the, don't just don't just tell me a, a stat. Yep. Stats. It also comes back to who's your audience, because mm. some people just want stats. Yes. Some people right, are like, "What right. is the number?" But assume they don't. Yeah. Because generally, my understanding of it is, if someone loves stats that much. They'll ask.
2: Right, yeah. <laughs> like if, yeah. if they
3: really want like if yeah, they yeah. really want to know, they'll ask you. So don't worry.
2: Or they already have it. Or they already know. They might yeah.
3: still ask in the hope that they get to yeah, give yeah, their yeah. own answer. <laughs> yeah. They want to test you out. That's uh that's my nightmare when I take tours <laughs> and I'm all, 'cause I'm a bit not loose loose with the truth, but I'm a bit right. like I'm a big fan of about Yeah. So it's about 100 down. Like, cause you know, right, right. The journalist rule that if it's, if it's, you know, over, if it's 101, it's Mm. over 100. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like, that's the beauty of, of storytelling. And just like to go back to those sporting stories you were talking about, like, what I love about them is like, and this is sort of the difference between, say, a written story and the stories of the everyday is that for any of those stories, you could say, oh, you couldn't write that, but you could. Mm. It's just that you go, oh, well, yeah, of course, that's what happened. You wrote that. Like, of course, you went for the most, uh, you know, emotional thing or you went for the, the most out there thing we could think of. You're like, yeah, but I didn't write this. No one wrote. This happened. Yeah. Like Donald Bradman went out for a duck on his final. Like, that's insane. That's, that's awesome. Like, and so the power of the- of it being the everyday and it being real Hits so much harder. It is like... It is that thing of, you know, your guy from Egypt who's coming in. Yeah, of course, I could write it like, I go, oh, that's a nice idea for a story. Yeah. But the fact that this freaking happens, you like, tell me everything. Like, now I need to oh. really know how this strange circumstance came about. That's why I love the Olympics so much. Like, I am mm. I measure
3: time in the Olympics. <laughs> you measure I'm like, you oh, famously was, measure time in the Olympics. That was two Olympics ago. That's <laughs> yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I love the Olympics because you get the Eddie the Eagles. You get yeah. the stories of... Because I think... I think to in order to go to the Olympics, you have to be a little bit psycho. Yeah, because I think there's like <laughs> yeah, you've I'd got you've got there's like three tiers of like you're really good at sport, you're great at sport, then there's a gap, yeah, and then like Michael Jordan's up there, yeah, where there's a yeah. part of you that is just wired com- differently, right? And so there are so many interesting stories about how these people operate. Like, isn't that fascinating that yeah. this guy, you know, like he he, he took Michael Jordan once. Played one of the best games of his career because he imagined that his opponent said something mean to him, and it didn't happen. And he knows that it didn't happen. <laughs> wow! But he imagined it in his head, like that. Those kind of things, like Serena Williams won a Grand Slam while pregnant.
2: Yes, like yeah. Th-
3: these are these things that are just like you don't you don't sort of realize. Like mm. Ash Barty just retired recently. She's yep. the world number one. This is the second time she's retired. Right. She was like a teenager. Yeah, like, I can't do this. Retired. Played cricket for a while, was Wild. very good at cricket. <laughs> yeah. Came back, won tennis. Became number one. Again. Unlocked yeah. tennis yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's. I think there's so many fascinating stories about that level, the elite level. Yeah. But also the people who are like, I'm at the Olympics and I'm just here. Yeah. I'm at. I'm pretty good at this my country doesn't have great representation in it <laughs> right. I, like i think that's why i love as an australian the winter olympics because the stories right. are fascinating because oh, we don't yeah. have snow no no well, no we do but you've got to find it yeah like, or we we make it <laughs> or we make it or or you or you're practicing in a lake like yeah, a dam right. like yeah. the jumps jumping <laughs> yeah. off like a like a, a like a bench table tower thing into <laughs> water to practice ski jumping like yeah I think, yeah, I think that's the appeal for me is that, mm. and I know people sort of go, oh, well, sport, it's all very, you know, there's there's this real, dumb feels harsh, but asinine feels pretentious. Okay. But it's in that wheelhouse. Somewhere in there, yeah. Where people, it's the it's the, it's the the sports ball, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sports ball. Or like, right. I remember during a grand final one year, a, uh, an author mm. tweeted, oh, well, I'll be reading a book. And it's like, you can Oof. do both. Yeah, right. Like, I love books right. so much. Yeah they my. F- I love books as much as I love Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Like you can do both, but also
2: well because they're both still story. Like that author's that's missing it. a trick because you're saying, "Oh, I won't be watching that story. I'll be reading a story." You idiot! They're both story. <laughs> and and I
3: get that a lot of for a lot of people, the barrier to sport is the fan base and the culture around it. Sure,
2: sure. And I think
3: what's been really good to to change that has been the rise of women's sport in the last few years. Yeah, yeah. In that I think the environment for that is a lot nicer, a lot better, a lot yeah. more accepting. Like you compare sort of going to an AFLW game mm. at the moment is so it's great. The the vibe is so good, so mm. chill. They're very accepting of of anybody. And there is still that there is still kind of that kind of macho-y, bullshitty right. energy to sport. But we can change that. Yeah. Uh, but don't let don't let that be the barrier. No, if, no, if, that's it. Even, yeah. even if that stops you getting all the way in, you know, there are always going to be people on the you know out there who will who will come with you on that journey yes. you can learn yeah. you can learn these great stories and yeah. and find those things and and find those communities that that I'm mm. understanding and I think it is shifting mm. um I'm trying to smash it all from the inside which is my my <laughs> other task is I am working tirelessly with a demographic of mostly 75
2: plus <laughs> your army of 70 year olds white men <laughs> okay
3: um who definitely definitely vote Uppercase liberal for Australian listeners. Just because that's the demographic. Yeah. Um, And I'm just, I'm pushing the women's sport, you know, get behind it. Good on you. I I had one of my volunteers tell me that his favourite sporting memory at the MCG. And he's 80, so he's mm. seen a few. Right. His favourite sporting memory was a couple of years ago, was the Women's T20 World Cup final. He's like, oh, I've yeah. never experienced an atmosphere like that. And he's like, and we're yes. part of history. And I'm like,
1: yeah.
2: Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes, All the stories are there. Right. It's still sport. It's still story. Yeah, I love that. And like, even how we were saying at the start, like, story is for everyone. Everyone can learn story. Yes. Well, yeah. similarly, because it is still story, everyone can learn sports. Like, it's it's all about exactly what you're talking about. Is for those people who feel like yeah the culture's threatening or whatever you are like. And I get that a hundred percent. I do. It, sure. it's true. It's yeah. true. I as a fully grown white man go to a go to a footy game and be like uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think one. I do think it's changing. But also it's like well let's hopefully like yeah that'll change or we'll push that aside or whatever. But behind that is that why that you're talking about getting them into like. Let me tell you the why of this is so amazing. Yeah. And then as soon as any I'd like anybody clicks into that, they're gonna love the game. Whatever game it is, I don't even care, like it doesn't matter. Like one thing I've loved to see is is the rise of Ted Lasso and seeing like not only just the adoration for this show, which we obviously adore. We love great we show. We love with all our hearts, oh, but like Teddy. the amount of tweets and stuff I've seen about people being like, Holy crap, I gave soccer a go and it's amazing. And you're like, Yes See, dude. Ted yeah.
3: Lasso got people
0: into soccer.
3: Go. Yeah. I think I think that's the big thing is that, yes, there, there are there are barriers and there are things that, that, for whatever reason, and yet people go, oh, I don't know the rules. It's like, you know what? Some people who have been following this sport their entire lives <laughs> also don't know the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just, all you need to do is, is, is pick the one element of the story. So right. it's like, all right, you don't know the rules of this game. Hmm. See that girl over there? She's coming back from like a knee injury. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch her today. Yeah. She's kicked a goal. Everyone's got around her because she's coming back from it like this is a big moment for her or like yeah. this girl here, she plays like not only is she a great footballer, mm. she's a speed skater. Like how right. crazy is that? You know? So it's all about, yeah, finding, finding those little ins, just focus on the one, the one little thing. And mm. and yeah, I think, I think it's working. I think there's always going to be resistors to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I found really awesome is that a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I'm teaching and, and I build my knowledge base because yeah, these guys have got forty-five plus minimum years on. Right. Them. Like one of one of the volunteers, he he sadly died uh, last year. But one of one of my favourite volunteers was a, a museum volunteer mm. who served in World War Two. Wow, shit! So he served in World War Two, and one of his favourite sporting memories is when he was ten, he went and watched Don Bradman play cricket. Like that this is how awesome. long this guy. Yeah, and so he's got all these all these great stories and all these great facts and mm. all these great pieces of information, and it's about you know, well, how do we get them? Because he's, you know, as I said, he's he's died. Yeah, but he got to, those stories go to the, go to the people that he tells in that museum who yes. tell their friends yeah. who tell their friends, and yeah, look, it changes each time. Sure, B- a bit of a bit of that, you know, whispers game happens where you're spreading along a story and it changes. But hmm. you know what, the heart of it's the same. Exactly. So by the time it comes back around, it's like, oh well, you know that that was close enough. Yeah, we got there. You know, exactly. That's the, yeah, there's a great quote uh, from a book called French Exit, which is made into a film with Michelle Mm. Pfeiffer. I've not seen the film. Okay. There's a quote that talks about um, people don't like cliches. Yeah. But this character is like, no, cliches are beautiful because a cliche is a story that gets more hopeful in it's retelling. And I think that's that's what these kind of cliche story moments are, is that each time, and this is- my focus is less on sort of the written word and more on mm. spoken word kind of stuff. But each time you go on a t- you go these people go on a tour, mm-hmm. um, you could go on you can go on every tour we run that day with a different guide. Mm. The skeleton would be similar, the facts would be accurate and the same. The yeah. stories would be all different. Yeah. You get a different awesome. experience every time. And you might only remember two of those things. And then you're at the pub with your mates and you tell one of them and then mm. they they go home to their wife and they tell her and then she's at work and she tells a customer and that yeah. customer goes home and tells their kids and then their kids are telling that at school. And then the teacher hears it and he tells his mate online mm. who lives in America. And then all of a sudden this guy's working at a coffee shop. Like it, it's, it, it spreads. It's, yeah. it's a good pandemic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that leads us nicely to something else I was hoping to talk about, which is like is, is. The, the reason this works, the reason why I think, yeah, your volunteers should be learning this stuff by everybody, like I, I wish you could take whatever you're teaching your volunteers and literally just run courses for anybody because I do think learning story, learning elements of story, learning the power of story helps anybody in any situation like it's such this it's it's one of those fundamental things that exist in our society that most people don't think about even though they're getting hit in the face with it every day (laughs) like whether it's whether it's at work and they're just you know there's that one guy everybody loves why because he's a fucking great storyteller you know (laughs) or be or they're going home and watching entertainment obviously the thing that got us through the pandemic was stories like we all turned to stories you know so, like, the power of story to me is is huge, and I love the, the sort of the, the spoken. We all it's pretty easy to focus on the written version, be it in books or screen or what have you, but the the verbal spoken word version obviously is has lasted for a lot longer. Yeah, uh, and so like the idea of the myth or the monomyth myth and these stories being told and like it's spreading like a pandemic, you know, like I love that side of it. Like, it makes me think of um, one thing we you and I have like both learned about and discussed previously is. Uh, you know, story structure, yeah. which I don't know if you go over that at all with your guys. Um, we, we do a little... So, it's yes and no. So, for
3: the tour guides, I don't do heaps because mm. if they've become tour guides, they have to sort of go through a process and we train them up yep. broadly. And so, they're already good at public speaking. They already have an interest in public mm, speaking. Mm. Um, for some of the museum... Volunteers, Their their interest is they love the history and they love sport. Yeah. And, and some of them are good at it, but they kind of aren't quite as polished or slick. So, I just came up with a really basic, which ironically, we started teaching the school kids during the pandemic because we we're like, we need yeah. a program because they can't come visit us. Yeah, um, yeah. Which was just three bits, three chunks, no no big three-act structure yeah, stuff.
2: Yeah, no hero's journey. No, none, none of that it was tough. just yeah. every
3: story, whatever you're telling it about, it's going to have three things. It's going to have a hook which is how you're going to get me in. Mm-hmm. It's going to have the guts, which is what's the actual juicy part of the story. Yeah. And then you're going to have a button at the end so that I know it's over. Lovely. And so the way we were training them on the structure, I was like, the hook, do that last. Yeah. Do the hook last. Okay, yeah. Because work out what the guts of the story, what is your actual story? Because yeah. then you can make your hook relate to that. Yes, you know. So how is it connect So that you know, you might ask me. I might ask you a question that I know you don't know the answer to, mm. but you want to find out. Yeah. So then I'm like, hey, here's the guts of the story, and then here's the button at the end, which means that the conversation's over. You know, that's the end of the story. Mm. You've walked away. Oh, that felt like a complete conversation. Or you can now ask a lot of questions. That's brilliant. But that's that's literally what we did. Is we just gave them those three little little bits, and and some of the some of the tour stuff, we gave them a bit like some more sort of structure. And mm, mm. I was very I'm very big on making sure that the start of the, whatever you talk about at the start of the tour try and find a way to talk about it at the end Brilliant. So yeah so it all it's all connected and people feel like oh cool that oh that related to the start yeah as, yeah as, as, as classic as storytelling, storytelling does yes dude yeah because the way i see it is that we've got on these tours, you've got over 150 years of history of the ground. You've mm. got like 180 plus years of of the MCC, right? Right. And then beyond that, you've got all the indigenous history of yeah. the area before that, like and sports in general. Mm. There's so much you can you can unpack and unpick, and it's right. just about well, just just pick three things and make mm. sure they're all linked. Yeah. Because otherwise, this tour will go for five and a half. Weeks, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So in answer to your question, a little bit of structure, but none of sort of the real. No, but I see.
2: That's why actually that actually ties in beautifully with, with what I was going to say. So. I was basically, I was going to talk about how, like, the origins of story structures. you would know, is this guy, Joseph Campbell, who wrote the book uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces, where in it, he basically what he had done was gone around the world and um, looked at mythologies from all different sort of societies and communities and groups and this sort of stuff, all originally done through oral tradition, uh, and basically, like, compared them, analyzed them, looked at the, the factors that were the same in all of them. And I love that that was his method for figuring out story structure. It wasn't like, yeah. here's what I think is best. It was like, no, 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 no. What are you all doing? Right. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> and like, uh-huh. I love even the idea that like these communities, which obviously had never met, they were like mm. decades apart, thousands, thousands of kilometers apart. Like they were so different, but because it's it's almost like, this is the way humans tell stories. Yeah. It's like there's this organicness, naturalness like to it that I, I find really appealing and really like, again, there's a magic to that that like, oh, no, humans can't help but tell stories. It's like this is the way that humans connect with story and I, I really love that. And so from that, he obviously made um, The Hero's Journey. Yep. And since then, there have been countless other iterations of the same thing. To me, it's always like looking at the same structure but from a different angle, whether it's five-act structure, seven-act structure, Dan Harmon's story circle, three act structure, you know, all yeah. of it. It's all the same thing. It's just different lenses and the same thing. And hearing you talk about the hook, the guts, and the button, it is still the same thing. Like, it's I, the same I, I, thing. like I was it's getting witty hearing you say that because to 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 your volunteers they're not like oh i have to be very literate here and and I'm you I might just want to tell a story mate and you're bogging me down with you know three act structure designing incident yeah. first act turn all this sort of stuff no 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 all you got to do is think about these three things yeah. and it's like when i when i teach my students it's very much the same to begin with I say i like literally just introduce it as beginning middle and end which yeah. is no different from hook guts button i just put fun names on yeah, it yeah you, you've it. done well there i've got to start using those um But it's, like, and then from there I'll be, like, or it could be, like, the character discovers a want, the character tries to get the want, the character either gets the want or something happens they can never get it again. Like, those are your three parts still. Like, it's still all there. It's just different labels for the same thing. And so hearing you talk about that really really got me, like, (laughs) excited because this is, like, to me it's, like, well, you can tell stories other ways without using any kind of structure or whatever. But, like, we won't connect to it. And here's where the power of story really comes in is that connection. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is like it can be used for really really good stuff. Like educating volunteers in how to communicate with the people coming through on their tours or education in general like yep. you know we all remember the teachers who were great educators and chances are very good they were excellent storytellers. 100% the Mr. Boyle has the start that was
3: his, yep. he was fantastic at that sort of stuff. Right. And the other thing too is he gave a shit and that's and that's the big thing I push with all the volunteers. It's like, mm. well, tell stories that matter to you. Yeah, if they matter yeah. to you. They're going to matter to somebody else. Yes, yeah. Because if and I, like literally, you and I are getting excited about <laughs> our own enthusiasms for yeah. this topic. That's it. If someone else cares about something, I want to care about it. Yeah, yeah, You give a shit. So right, right. Let's build you in. But no, I think the fact that it's the fact that no matter how and even and even when you do tell these stories that are non-linear or mm. play with structure and all these kind of things, they still have to. St- Start with structure. Yeah, yeah. When they wrote Memento, Mm. they didn't go, all right, we'll write it like this. No, no, no. They wrote it out (laughs) and then they went, all right, and now we'll put it in backwards. Right. The structure's
2: still there. The structure's still
3: there. You can make up up words and irregardless of what (laughs) other people say. Yeah. But you need to know that they're made up. (laughs) Yeah. That's it.
2: That's it. And so, yeah, so story just has this like crazy power to it and like again i think it's such a thing where this is why i'm so glad we're talking about this topic it's like it is in the everyday and people don't don't recognize it but it is like every teacher who taught through story like stories are memorable facts not so much like we get hammered with facts every day but if you take those same facts like you're teaching your guys to do and twist them into a story a week from now people are still gonna remember those facts oh yeah
3: like they might not, I might not necessarily remember the whole stat correctly. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for this. I mm. get swept up in uh, someone will give me a stat or like, like, hey, here's this interesting little tidbit. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's cool. And then like yeah. a week later, someone will mention something I'm like, oh, I kind of know something about that. So I don't remember the exact thing. <laughs> right, right. But-, <laughs> but let me tell you a story. But hey, <laughs> yeah. sounds good, doesn't it? And then yeah. you'll, like someone will Google it and be like, you're 80% right. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Sean does that a lot. I get fact-checked by Sean a bit. Um, He'll be like, yeah, you're close. Yeah. (laughs) You're pretty close. That's it.
2: And then, like, even in, like, again, this is where, like, the everyday storytelling comes in, is, like, that ingratiating people to you. Like, in the new social, if you're in a new social circle and, you know, someone's telling stories in an engaging way, they're going to be the life of the party. And, like, for me, I know for myself, that's something that I've been more aware as that bookish, teenager guy who was like you know loved books but maybe wasn't so good at talking to people uh like that's something i've definitely come to learn is like well if i can just if someone says how's your day and i go well i could just tell them the beats of my day or i could go very quickly what's the funny thing that happened today how do i quickly choose a story or like don't even worry about today let me tell you about this other thing you know like here's a story and it's ingratiating like something else that i do quite commonly i don't know if you do this as well is like if a mate of mine has told me a very good story that's happened to them, I will a hundred percent poach that story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh,
3: mate of mine, this happened to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone's yeah. everyone everywhere is like, oh yeah, this happened to my oh, this my girlfriend or, or my right. my brother in law was at the like everyone's got a story that's someone else's that gets repurposed yes. for for an audience that's and like that's that's how you that's how you make friends, that's how you go yeah. to social like my girlfriend often jokes that it's like we'll often say, oh... I know you're fine. Yeah, like, I love you, that. You, you're, you'll be fine over there because you'll just talk to somebody and you'll become friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you,
2: you'll be fine. <laughs> the, I, I Like I said, the first time that happened to me, like I said, I don't think I was... I, my family are sort of, they're very chatty. The Robs are generally very chatty people. But because I was sort of a bit bookish and whatever, I didn't really naturally have that. Or I did with people I was confident with but people I wasn't as confident with. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, the two sort of met. I got confident. I realized, yeah, story good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and... Same sort of thing. I remember it was in, like, second year uni. I had these two mates, Jess and Lauren. Uh, if you're listening, hi. Um, <laughs> hi, Jess and Lauren. You changed Amo's life, maybe. <laughs> we're so about to find out. We're about to find out. And so, we went to a party of, of Jess's. It was her birthday party. And basically, we only really knew each other because we all went to the- We were doing the same course together. And so, she turns to Lauren and says, hey, Lauren, by the way, here is this person you'll know there, this person you'll know there, this person you know there. So, like, you'll be good. You'll have people to talk to. And she turns to me and said, you'll be fine. <laughs> and I was like, I was the most chuffed I'd ever been because I had never thought I was that you'll be, you'll be fine, fine kind guy. of guy.
3: Learning you're a you'll be fine guy feels powerful, Damon. Yeah.
2: You feel invincible. Exactly. And this is why I'm like, every the more everybody learns about story, the more they get to be the you'll be fine guy. Yeah. Like, story is how we connect. It's how we relate to other people. And, like... It is, like you said at the start, it's something anybody can learn, anybody at all. Like, we've yep. all got the the innate ability for it. We just need to hone it and get it sharper and all the rest of it.
3: Yeah, you'd, and you don't have to be, you know, Robin Williams or Shakespeare or yeah. any of these sort of... You don't need to be the best stand-up comedian to mm. tell us. Like, just, just if you just focus on the bits that, like, again, the simplest way to get someone to engage with your story, whether yep. it's written word, spoken word, however you're doing it... Mm. Is find why you give a shit yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. That same thing. Because if, if you care, someone else is gonna. Right. Whereas if you don't care, no one else will. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you can't give a shit about this story, no one else is going to give
2: a shit about right. this Right. And it's the same for like, again, just to bring it to, to actual writing for any writers out there. Like, if you're writing a story that you don't care about. Throw it out. Stop writing it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Why, yeah, are you, yeah. why are you putting. Yeah, I've written
3: 120 words of this book that I hate. Right. Stop. Oh, we should stop doing that. Why yeah. have you written 120
2: pages? That's <laughs> right. too many. You should have stopped after page five. Oh, stop yeah. after page one. You're <laughs> right. like, oh, this
3: isn't going well. The amount of times where I've been writing something, I'm like, oh, I don't really like this bit. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I will delete it.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And like <laughs> It's how, gone. And it's so freeing and good. And you're like, oh, I can do something better instead. Yeah. Like, that was the first idea I chose. There are infinite other options for how the next part of this story or whatever. Absolutely. And it's and like yes, it's
3: it's slapdash and you rewrite it and you polish it. But yeah, that first go through if you're writing something and you hate it, stop. Yeah. No one no one's gonna make it. Again (laughs) <laughs> if you have to write something right, yes. and you hate it, yes. then rather than getting rid of it, you need, you need to ask yourself, okay, why do I hate it?
2: Right. Or what what is it about like What wh- I've got
3: to find something I like. Yeah. Got to, exactly. There's like, something in there.
2: Yeah. When I come onto somebody else's project, if it's TV or whatever, like that's usually my starting point is okay, this is someone else's that I know they've got their why. And hopefully they tell me it and hopefully I connect with it. But in case I don't, what's my why? Why am I why do I give a shit about sabotage, this story? <laughs> no, I want to ruin their show. I'm
3: gonna get them cancelled on TV. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um all
2: right, my last I've got one more question for you, which is so we're talking about everyday storytellers. Is there an everyday storyteller in your life that you've like clocked as like they're not a professional storyteller, but damn they tell a good story?
3: Um yeah, there's there's probably So my, talking about the Robs, so Mm. the reeds, the reeds are, and because I am one, I can say this. We are obnoxious and loud. Okay. Like my dad is one of seven. Oh. And they're all, the base level of energy and Mm. enthusiasm they have for anything is me. And they go (laughs) Oh, shit. So they're all big presences. They're all big, like funny do you know what I'm outgoing here
2: people is off like a flock of seagulls at the beach. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, they've got but, that energy. But
3: every bird is a different bird. Oh, okay. So not only is it <laughs> not better. the same
2: universal sound,
3: right. there's a seagull that sounds like a seagull, and there's a galar, and there's a toucan, and there's just a goose <laughs> with a megaphone. Like I love, I love them. But yeah. the reads are the reeds are big. And yeah. any time anyone I know has to meet them, I'm like, just a heads up, you're gonna feel like you're drowning.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just go
3: with it. Just right. go with it. You're stuck in the rip. The, the trick for a rip is you let it take you to the yeah, scene. So Yeah, So, yeah, my my family are all big storytellers. Yeah. They all love... St- and it's it's interesting. So, like, my mum, her side of the family, also good storytellers, but just a, a bit quieter. Yeah. But my love of reading and stories comes from her in equal yeah, measure okay. to my dad because she was like, we love books. Yeah. I'll swap books with her. It's... Yeah. So, that comes from her and that love of that comes mm-hmm. from her. But then, yeah, dad and his side of the family, all of them can spin a yarn. Yeah. But different so my dad loves telling her uh, the the amount of times where like you'll be at like a family event whether mm. it's like christmas or it's someone's birthday a- actually one of the best examples of this is when my grandfather died um that uh, my dad's dad yeah um, we all went around to my grandma's house and everyone came from everywhere
2: mm.
3: obviously for it leading up to the funeral and as people like organizing the funeral we're just having like pizzas and stuff mm. in my grandma's Tiny, tiny
2: house. Oh my god! All sitting in this room. So There's all those birds, but they're not at the beach now. They've been crammed they're into in a inside.
3: tiny house, and it started. Do you remember the... And oh yeah, no, that was. Do you remember that kind that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that wasn't that. And the they and because they're all they're all part of it. Yeah, they all chip in, and no, that wasn't. Oh yeah, and then he and then and then what did he say? So one of the best ones was there was a story where they were going on a road trip. Mm. Seven of them in a station wagon, right? And it's fucking hot. Okay. And as they're driving along, my granddad says. Who can guess the length of the white line on the road? Ooh. If you guess the close, if you guess correctly, yeah. When we get to the next town, I will buy you an ice cream. Oh, that's good. So all the kids put in a guess, and he puts in a guess. My grandfather. Yeah. So they drive a little bit. They get to this town. They get everyone gets out of the car, mm. and my granddad. I, I cannot remember the, the number he said. Mm. Say he said four foot. Okay. And they're all like, okay, all right. So they get to there to the next stop. He gets out of the car. He walks the ranks of the line and he is correct. <laughs> Bang on. All their guesses are wrong. He's nailed it. He's got it right. right. Of course he does because he, lo- he knows how long it is. Yeah. But he has to get out and do this big theatrical performance right, to demonstrate right. it. He then goes into the shop. He buys one ice cream. He eats it. They get back in the car. <laughs> they keep driving. Oh, that is superb. And so that story got told and I've told that in, you know, a minute, thirty yeah. seconds, whatever. I reckon that story went for twenty minutes because <laughs> there was then the, the the tangent of you know. Oh, but what about that? Was which station wagon was it? No, it wasn't the one that that you know you spewed up in, or that we right. hit that dog in. Oh, it was the one that Jared crashed. In. Oh, no, it was Bernard. You'd had that. Like, so it just yeah. was this this thing. And I think yeah, my dad's side of the family in particular are all storytellers. Yeah, even and they would probably all say that. And mm. some of them are musically talented. Mm. You know, they're singers and they they play instruments. And some of them. Um, my uncle Jared uh, has like a secret language because he takes rhyming slang okay. and shortens it. Yeah, so like he just has a code. That's so talking to him is like talking to you know Enigma, the computer from World War Two, <laughs> but it's all like rhyming slang and strange little esoteric bits of bits of stuff. So I think yeah. that's where the, my love of it came from, and mm. I still get you still get swept up in it. Yeah, and all the kids kind of have it in them as well because you're part of that, and and like. Christmas just gone was so great to sort of get it all together and it just right. got silly and yeah, yeah, very yeah. funny and yeah yeah so I think I think I think there's that and then a lot of these these volunteers and and tour guides that that I work with they're mm. just like I, I go on their tours because part of my job is to make sure that they're doing the right thing mm-hmm. and, and you go around and I go oh that's a that's a good that's a good trick yeah that's a good little trick early on in the tour and, right oh that's an interesting one because you know people. People don't want to be lied to, but they can be lied to a little bit. So you can tell yeah. them, you know, we don't normally go here. Everybody goes. Here. <laughs> so you know, those little tips and tricks come through as well. Yeah, um, yeah. For, for storytellers, but like even going to see stand-up comedians. Anytime you see, they're mm, telling stories and they're, a great they're so good yeah. at it. Like I've been to see David Attenborough just talking about his life. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I cried. It was yeah, right. yeah. 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 <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah. Well, even like I've been read. I've uh, been listening to, I should say, or re-listening to um, Neil Gaiman's. Uh, view from the cheap sheet, cheap yep. seats, which is his uh, essays, just all these bunch of essays he's written over his whole career, and it's like amazing because listening to the whole thing, it slowly becomes like an autobiography. I don't think he's ever going to write an autobiography because that's not who he is. Yeah, but by listening to this, it almost becomes one because even if he's like writing a forward to someone else's collection of stories or he's writing a speech for this, organ for a library organization or whatever it is, like so much of the time he brings in himself. He tells stories about himself to emphasize his point, to give the why yeah. before giving the what, you know, like... And it's so great because, yeah, like, I really love him as a writer. I'm a big fan. And so being able to get this feeling of not only does he give some great advice in this book, but also you get to feel like, oh, I know a bit more about him just because he can't help but use story to get the information across. Absolutely. Yeah. And
3: like you think of, again, you think of any teacher that you had that you connected with, mm. any lecturer at a uni, they peppered their stuff with that kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. They weren't the teacher from Ferris Bueller's Day. I <laughs> <They> <laughs> no. I was doing nothing No, and like nobody. you felt
2: like you knew them a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think... I think that's that's part of it. I think every time you tell a story, you give a little bit of yourself to somebody else, mm. and then they give it to somebody else, but it's got them attached. And it's that that kind of it's a bit it's a bit wanky and a little bit hopeful and mm. naive. And I'm painfully
2: optimistic. <laughs> um, that's just who I am. Yeah, did I? So, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh mate, this has been awesome. I feel like yeah, we could chat all day, but we better we better stop wrapping up there. Um, but. Thank you generally so much for coming no, my in pleasure, and, and joining man. My pleasure this chat. I, again, I love to talk. Yeah. I love the sound <laughs> of my own voice. Good. Well, then hopefully you'll be more than welcome to come back for a future one. Oh, for sure. Feedback. 100%. And, oh, you're Absolutely. Legend. All right. Well, if you'd like to hear more from Tom, you can check out his incredible podcasts, How Good's Footy and Scaredy Boys. New episodes every Wednesday and Friday, respectively. Or you can find him on Twitter at AwkwardTread. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at pajamas. or feel free to send me an email at shorttails.podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Short Tales and I've been Damien Robb.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.